Hey guys, welcome back to the Penny to Pounds podcast with your host Kia. And this is a podcast where we aim to dispel your myths, simplify difficult finance jargon and rectify your own personal problems. Hope everyone's doing well as always. Now, I have an amazing guest on today and I promise you guys, I'm so excited because today we're going to be talking about all things luxury and this is probably something you didn't expect to hear from me today you know I'm always talking about saving and looking after your money but this is this is a different type this is a different way but before we delve into that conversation special guests please introduce yourself I'm so excited to have you on yeah thanks for having me so hi everyone um I am Irena Okonkwo and I'm the founder of Cashmere she's a savings app designed for the next generation of aspiration consumers, helping them get access to luxury products they, they love, but in a much more financially responsible manner. I absolutely love your platform, Yorena. Honestly, it's incredible. And I'm, I'm looking at your website now and your, your tagline is for smart women who are in control of their lives, wardrobes and wallets. And that is exactly what I, th- I think this is just so important. I mean, when it comes to luxuries, you always think, oh, you know, it's a big price tag. I can't really afford it. But you have made it affordable. So what what actually made you think of this idea and kind of put this all together? Yeah, so I was kind of struggling with a personal problem with mine. So um, this, I came up with the idea a few years ago and I was in Harrods with my friends and you know like I'm all about I, I really like luxury I like fashion but I don't necessarily spend too much on luxury but it was just something I, I liked yeah. um, and I was also working in finance at the time so I was working as a financial advisor so anyway so I was hiring my friends and I saw these pair of shoes that I really love and I tried them on and they were perfect and then I saw the price tag I was like oh maybe not and the, the shoes were about 650 pounds they were a pair of Christian Louboutins and I was like yeah, there's no way I'm going to just drop £650 in a pair of shoes that I hadn't, like, budgeted for or anything. And, like, Fabian was like, mm, I could, you know, dip into my, like, savings account to buy the shoes or I could put in my credit card. But I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. Like, it's not responsible. And also, I'm a financial advisor. I need to be taking my own financial advice. Exactly. So I didn't buy the shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I ended up not buying the shoes. And then later on, I was just, like, thinking to myself, that, oh, if I had, like, a special stash of cash like money I was putting away like each month that was completely separate from my normal savings my normal day-to-day banking then and that money was earmarked towards treating myself towards whatever I wanted then I wouldn't have felt that guilt because you know the problem wasn't that I didn't have money I had money I had options it's just that the options I had were not necessarily the most financially responsible options to take at that point and then yeah so that was kind of how the initial um, idea came about and I decided to build products. That is absolutely amazing. I love that backstory as well. I mean, I, I think we've all been there. I haven't been into many designer shops purely because I know it's not a smart decision for me. But the ones when you do step in, you're like, oh, you know, I could do that bag or I love those pair of shoes just like you. Um, but to create a platform where it actually simplifies that and makes it easy. And as you say, have a special stash dedicated to buying the item or items that you really want, I think is really important. So how exactly does cashmere work? What does that look like? Yeah, sure. So, um, so we've got a number of partnerships with luxury retailers like Selfridges, Howard, Barfetch, Chavin Eagles, and so on. So how it works for a user is when they sign up, they can they spot like the ads of different items that they want into their cashmere like wishlist. So let's say there's like a Gucci belt you want or like a Bottega Veneta bag or whatever it is. And then um, you decide what your budget is. So let's say that you know that you can afford to save £100 every month. Then Cashmere will tell the app will then tell you okay, this is how long it will take for you to um, achieve that goal based on how much within your current budget, and you can amend the budget as, um, as and when you want. Um, and then you then um, set up your like savings 
debt. So like basically, it's, it's a, it works as being like a direct debit. So and you decide the date you want the money to come out of your account. So it could be I want a hundred pounds to come out of my account on the first of every month, and then second of every month, that money goes into your cash wallet. And throughout that whole process, you can track how close you are towards hitting your goal. You can add other things, or you can remove things from your basket, whatever it is you want to do. Um, and then one, and you also receive um, like motivational messages once you've hit like key milestones. So once you've hit like twenty five percent, fifty percent, seventy five, and once you actually hit your goal. So when the user then hits their goal, they get another message saying like congratulations, you can buy this today. And then um, you then go back on the app and then place the order directly on the app. So you don't actually need to go anywhere else. Like all transactions, everything, the entire experience from start to finish is all done on the app. So it makes it a lot more seamless and um, a lot more like interactive. Um, and then users also earn up to three percent cashback when they make a purchase, which is pretty good com- compared to like if you yeah. were, you know, to use a standard savings account where you'd be lucky to even get zero point five percent interest. Yeah, no, you're actually earned, right. Earned yeah. Savings. So yeah, so that's kind of like how the the current product works. I mean, we've got loads of other features that we're currently building that we'll be launching next few weeks. But as of now, that's what the current product looks like. And that sounds amazing as it is. And everyone in this podcast knows I love a bit of cashback. So hearing 3% cashback, that is like a godsend. That is amazing. And as you say, it's way better than (laughs) anything you can get in a savings account right now. So that's absolutely incredible. So if we, so a a good feature that I love as well with the, the platform is that, if, if you don't know what you want to get, so I know, for example, I could be someone, I want I want to treat myself to something nice, but I don't know what that is. You, you know, like some some, some girls, I, I know a lot of my friends have, you know, the dream bag or the dream pair of shoes. I'm someone, I'm like, I don't really have a dream thing. I just want something nice. I don't want to treat myself. And what I really love about, you know, when you go on the website is it actually shows you things that you can actually get within your budget and the time frame. So how did you actually come, come up with that? I think that's just so helpful and so simplified. I love it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so the, the very first version of the product actually didn't have that. So the, we came up with that um, because we're having like conversations with our users just to kind of understand their mentality when it comes to how they think about luxury and how they think about spending and all of that stuff. And one of the things that um, people were saying, and by the way, like majority of our uh, audience are people who've never really, even though they like luxury and luxury brands, they've never really made a purchase before just mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's, a, you know, it's very expensive. It's like, oh, I can't justify spending amounts of money and everything decided to use a cash flow. Now they actually feel that they can because they budgeted well for it. So one of the things that um, people said were um, kind of turned them off by um, buying luxury products was, you know, when you go on the website, so if you go on like Harvard website, whatever, and you see like 500 pounds, you're like, whoa, like, that's a lot of money. Um, but then because... Um, we used to, we we are, we are breaking it down. So we used to actually do that whole breakdown thing in our emails. We didn't do it on the website, mm. um, and they were like, "Oh, we actually like the way you do the, the breakdown." So like, they like a hundred pounds for five months, and they were like, "Oh, actually, maybe we should actually do that on the website also rather than just on like the emails because we send to, to the members." Um, yeah, and then that's kind of how that feature came about um, on on the website, and it's it's a pretty cool way to like you know when if you each someone tells you a hundred pounds for five months. And for only five hundred pounds, you're more they're more inclined to you know okay, hundred pounds for five months isn't too bad. Like I can actually mm-hmm. afford to do that. Um, and another interesting thing about the product is like as uh, like you said, like you know some people might not necessarily have an uh, a specific item that they want to buy. They just kind of want to treat themselves to something in the future. So when as their savings are growing and they're browsing through the app, it actually tells them like rather than seeing like the price of an item, it will tell them you can buy this today. So it's another like psychological way of like making people feel like actually I can actually buy this today and not think about the price because I already have the money. I know I've earmarked this money towards treating myself. So I don't feel guilty. I don't feel like, oh, I need to, 
you know, dip into my other, like, my, you know, ISA or whatever I know to fund it. So, yeah, so there's, like, there's kind of, like, a lot of, like, behavioral psychology that we, we've integrated when we're building the app. Yeah, no, I think that that is such a good idea to just be able to to have that break breakdown and know what you can afford and at what point. I think that is so good to help people plot. I'm someone who likes to plot and figure out, okay, what timeline, how long is it going to take me to reach this milestone? That milestone looks like to purchase this product and that is really, really good breakdown. But I want to kind of backtrack and, and come to how you actually came up with this app. But how has this journey been for you? Because I'm sure as any entrepreneur, regardless of what field you're in, entrepreneurship is never easy. But how has that journey been for you? Has it been plain sailing? Have you had any struggles? How has that looked like for you? Uh, it definitely hasn't been plain sailing. So like I said earlier, I used to work in finance. I was a private wealth manager. Um, I, was, I was there for about four or five years. And I, um, I've always been someone who enjoys like building stuff. Like, I just like creating stuff. Um, so when I came up with the idea, I wasn't really coming up with the idea to like build a business. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to build this. Um, and then it just kind of turned <laughs> into a business. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it, it wasn't, it was definitely not like straightforward and easy because I, I came as an outsider into the industry. Like I didn't know FinTech was a word. This was back mm-hmm. in like 2015, 2016 was when I had the idea for it. So I had to do a lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of like connecting with different people within the industry to, you know, start to figure out how am I, how am I going to do this? So, um, but again, like I said, I'm someone who enjoys that process of like learning and building and all that. So it didn't really feel like, you know, a lot of work. It didn't really feel like hard work because it was something I enjoyed doing. Um, but then obviously when it got to the point where it's like, okay, now I actually have to like start thinking of this as a business rather than just like something I'm just playing around with. That's kind of when it started to get a bit more, you know, <laughs> a bit more serious. Yeah. Start thinking about like, oh, okay, how, like, you know, monet, monet, how do I monetize this? How do I um, raise investments? Um, all of that stuff how do I start to hire people yeah all of the important things I need to think about so when I got to that stage that was when I had to like start to think of it more as a business and be more strategic about everything I was doing rather than just like playing around and doing creative fun stuff um but yeah I mean it's it's it's, it's, I mean like you know entrepreneurship is loads of ups and downs there's some days that I just feel like what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I, need to, I just need to create all, all of this. It's just stressing me out. And then some days it's like, you know, it's, I love what I'm saying. And sometimes you get those same feelings all in one day. Like there'll be days where I wake up being like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And then get to like midday and I get this amazing email about this new opening opportunity or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh my God, I love what I'm doing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy one. So it's not, it's not for everyone. It's not for the same hearted, I would say. But I definitely think it's something that, if, if, it's, if it's something that you really love and you really care about, then you should definitely do it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I'm definitely with you. I have those days where I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't be bothered. I think a nine to five would be so much easier. But then you're right. You, you get an email, you get some sort of, you know, feedback on something which is really positive and it kind of propels you forward. So it's definitely not for everyone. Um, but it's it's really nice when you when you kind of get those feelings. What would you say has been kind of like the, the toughest challenge that you've had to face? Like I can I can say for me, for example, so setting up this platform and kind of getting this in motion the hardest thing for me that I had to learn was how to handle myself and negotiate myself with brands I, that's something I'd never had to do before I've always had I've always worked a job I've always worked in you know retail so I've always just it's been easy about having to learn that and change and migrate and learn how to actually communicate with people and be able to sell myself and all those things was something I had to learn but what was one challenge that you say along your journey that was a bit difficult that you had to learn and overcome um I think what one thing that I think is quite eye-opening is you know the fact that I don't know how to, how to say it 
Um, so, you know, prior to doing this, I've you know, had a very traditional life in terms of like, went to school, got like straight A's yeah. and A stars, went to university, did pretty well, got a really good finance job. Everything's just kind of been quite cushy in mm-hmm. a way. And, and, you know, just obviously because I've, especially when you're in school, you know, you study hard and you get the grades. It's like, it's, it's a quite like a very linear process. Whereas when you're in entrepreneurship, it's really not like that at all. Um, just because you've worked really hard on something doesn't mean it's going to do well. Like mm-hmm. if you spend hours and hours and days and months in a campaign and it flops. Um, so, do you know what I mean? And if there's some things that you literally put barely any effort in and it does really well. So it's all of that like crazy uncertainty and roller coaster side of things that I've just, it's been a massive, massive eye opener. So, you know, I've had to sort of like mentally um, adjust myself to that because, you know, coming from a background where it's like, if you work hard, you get this. That has always been how I thought about things. But then in, in, when I'm doing this, it's like, it's really not like that at all. Um, so, at the early stages, I had to like really, that I struggled with that and I had to really sort of like mentally adjust myself to that, to that sort of thinking. So it's not really about thinking, um, it's not really about working hard anymore, it's about like working smart. Yes, I agree with that. It's definitely a shift. Yeah, it's, it's it's way easier when you're in school. You know, you just kind of, if you ace a test, you know you've done well, but you can put you can put days and days, and I have had sleepless nights putting in effort for some piece of content or something that I'm doing for barely anyone to react to it. So I completely understand how you feel. And that's definitely um, <laughs> an adjustment you have to make when you're on that journey. But on the flip side, what would you say has been like the highlight or like the, one of the best moments on your journey so far? Just, just bring in the positivity. Um, oh. I think the probably the biggest highlight, well, not necessarily the biggest, but I think a very um, profound moment for me was when I when I raised my first round of investment, um, which was back in uh, just in, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, like we all know the stats when it comes to you know black women raising investment for their companies and all of that stuff. And you know, I was kind of I already I was already prepared to not be able to do that, but. I, so this happened, so I am um, working at my full-time job before and then I left in June 2018 mm-hmm. and I basically gave myself this target by like October 2018, I need to have raised investments. And this is, I was literally starting from scratch in terms of like, I've never done this before. I am not like super connected. I'm literally an outsider and all of this. And I was able to do that. I was able to achieve that goal. So my deadline was 31st of October and I achieved that goal on 24th of October. And for me, I think that was probably, it's not like my biggest achievement, but I think it's it's opened the doors to many other things. Um, so I will always be, I will always hold that moment um, as a, you know, like a game changer in my in my career. Yeah, that's that's absolutely incredible. You should definitely be proud of yourself. That is insane. That is that is that's big. This is especially coming from somewhere where you don't know how to even go about doing something, and then you manage to secure your first investment. That is absolutely commendable so well done to you for that that's amazing um what what kind of what tip would you give to someone who's looking to become an entrepreneur maybe not not necessarily um in in the same same space as you but looking to become an entrepreneur and they're not too sure they're a bit weary you know they have a passion they have something that they want to do but they're not too sure you know how to go about it what they they should do what would like your one piece of advice be to someone like that um what i'd say is be very open about what you're doing and connect with as many people as you can because one of the things that really helped me at the early stages i came as an outsider and i just started connecting with people obviously this was pre-covid but i was going to like learning events and like little startup tech related events learning from people who'd done it before and sort of like building this a really good like network of founders operators investors and so on 
Um, and then that way you, can, you don't need to learn everything yourself. You can actually just tap into every other person's knowledge and you know, learn from their mistakes and learn from what they've done really well and then go on to um, build whatever it is you want to do. Um, and which is why it's so important that, you know, there's a lot of representation, especially like if you're particularly in tech, because, you know, like there's not that many, when we think about like some of the biggest tech founders, it's always like a, a white man, like, you know, mm-hmm. you think about the, the Mark Zuckerberg and the Elon Musk and the Bill Gates and whoever. But it's like when we think about like who are the female tech founders that we can look up to who are on that same level, there's not that many we can really think of. Yeah. And, it's really frustrating. Well, obviously, there, there are some senior founders, like, you know, like Bumble just yes. IPO'd recently, and there's other, there's, there's a Katrina Lake and um, Stitch Fix and so on, but, you know, when we're still not on that level yet, so it's important that we have as much representation, particularly for women, particularly black women, um, of women who are doing amazing things, because when you see that, oh, so-and-so has made to do this, then you feel like, oh, okay, she can do this, I can do it. And so I try and surround myself with, like, other other female founders, other black female founders who are, you know, slightly ahead of me, who I can, like, look up to and learn from and still get inspired by. So I would always recommend doing that because, honestly, there are certain days when I might feel really, really down, I feel demotivated, and I just think of who do I like in the space, mm-hmm. which female founder, which black female founder do I like in the space? I literally just go and listen to them on like a podcast they've been on or whatever and it just it actually motivates me a lot because I'm like oh my gosh she did it I can do it um so that's what that's that's like the biggest thing I would say because it's all about this whole thing is really hard and you know that whole mindset is what will set you apart from you know from you know being being a, being a success and being a failure and if you can get that mindset right then you can actually achieve anything you can you came with a gem with that one i'm very happy with that one that was a really really good piece of advice for everyone's take on board for sure okay right i, I want to ask you this question cashmere is all about luxury goods right it's all about saving up and doing it in a smart way so you can afford what you want to buy that is a luxury item so what has been your favorite piece of luxury that you have bought so far in your lifetime what's been your favorite piece you could say you know what i bought this and i was so happy when i got it and i really do love it um funny enough it was um so the shoes that i wanted to buy that i didn't buy yeah when i built cashmere i actually saved up for them and bought them. that's one of my very first that's my very first purchase of cashmere so that will always hold a special place in my heart um, so I think yeah, that whole, it was a pair of Christian Louboutin heels, and yeah, I think till today that's my favorite luxury purchase. That is amazing. I'm so happy you got it in the end. It's like a full circle story. You know, you you were struggling. You, <laughs> you didn't want to want to use the money that you had, you know, on tap to to spend it. You bought the app. You used the app to save up for it, and you bought it. That is like that is a love story in itself. If that is not a love story, I don't know what is. Honestly, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so much for coming on just one little round up quickly briefly can you just explain again how cashmere works so anyone listening they can go ahead i'm going to put the link in the episode description as well so people can click through i think it's absolutely amazing i am signing up today because i've literally been browsing and seeing right what do i actually want to save up for and i'm going to sign up when you see me in luxury on my instagram you know where it came from i'm tagging cashmere cashmere got me here but yes can you just quickly sum, sum up um cashmere for us how it works so everyone can go and have a look after this yeah sure so the current iteration of the app is a savings app that helps you save up for your favorite luxury fashion and beauty products and um, so how it works is you sign up you set how much you want to save each month and what items you want to save towards or if you don't want to if you don't you don't have a specific item you can just start saving for whatever um, you can then once you've set up your savings account, you can then track how close you are to fitting your goal. Receive motivational messages along the way, and once you hit your goal, you can buy the item directly on Cashmere, and the luxury brand or retailer will then ship it directly to your door. 
once you once all that is sorted, then you will receive up to three percent cash back, which you can put towards your next purchase on Cashmere. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for gracing this podcast episode today. You've been absolutely amazing to have on. Where can people find you if they want to kind of stay up to date with you and maybe any updates of Kashmir? You, you mentioned that in a couple of weeks you'll have some more updates. Where can people find you? Yeah, sure. So definitely visit uh, the website, it's kashmirapp.co.uk. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram at Kashmir underscore HQ. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. We're back again next week with another episode. So thank you so much for joining us. This has been incredible. Make sure you check out Kashmir. I'm doing that right now. So in six months time, when you see me with some blitz dogs on my feet, you know who helped me get there. It's Kashmir. Thank you so much again. I'll be back <laughs> again next week. Bye, guys.